0: We're so glad you're uh, out, and God did a miracle. I'm so thankful. We're so thankful. Praise God. Well, I think everybody in here knows Minister Tim from our church in Bristol Bay, but we just love their family, and don't forget to pray for them. When we give on the daily seat on Sundays, if God puts it on your heart, we're give, we give towards, uh, I mean, that is where some of those finances go is to support the work down there they're doing a great job down there believing for a great harvest of souls to come in in the bristol bay area and raise up an army of leaders and raise up a school and uh, we just love them so can you just give minister tim a warm welcome
1: hallelujah hallelujah Praise the Lord. Good to be home. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, b- before we get into the word, I want to do something real quickly. I heard that, um, uh, pastor, pastor Jack O'Mary has been in the hospital. Praise the Lord. And, uh, it's a good possibility, from what I hear, that he might go home to see Jesus, praise the Lord, which is a tremendous thing. So we just want to take time just for a moment, if you would join me in prayer for him and his family, that God's will would be done. Oh Father, we thank you, God, for Pastor Jack and for what you've done through him. We just praise you, Lord God, for the, for uh, how you've used him. And I pray, Father, you touch him even now. Lord, I pray for a release of strength in his body. Let your will be done in this time, in this moment. Bring comfort and peace to him and his whole family. And we just bless them tonight, the whole family, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, Just, uh, I want to give you just just a quick uh, update real quick about the church before we get into the Word. Praise the Lord. We um, have had a tremendous time. And what is happening down there is, instead of necessarily pastoring a church, it's more pastoring a community. Uh, Every day when I go out, I see the same people I see every day. And so every day I can pray for them, every day I can minister to them, and and they're able to see uh, the power and the miracles. We've had some tremendous miracles happen there. Um, If you hadn't heard, we had um, Austin Jones with us. I know many of you should know him, praise the Lord. Um, I believe he's in, in Point Hope right now. And I just pray right now, God, that you'd give him a revival service tonight. moving great power there, God, as he ministers. Bring him home safely. But when he was there, we had a number of tremendous miracles. Um, a lady that had uh, COPD in her lungs, totally gone, totally healed. And uh, I was just talking to uh, her and her husband today, and they're, they're amazed because she's still healed. This isn't, it hasn't reoccurred. And her husband says, well, I, I should probably start coming to church then. That's what he said. Praise the Lord. And uh, we've had a number of uh, young people uh, have come that God's delivering from alcoholism and drug addiction. Um, also, when uh, our brother Austin Jones was there with us, there was uh, uh, a lady with a, a uh, golf ball-sized cyst on her back. Um, and you may know her. She, she generally comes here. Grace Lynn, she was there with us. And she had a golf ball-sized cyst on her back that caused her pain continually. Just a moment, completely healed, gone dissolved. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and so uh, tremendous things happening in there. Please, please, we covet your prayers. Continue to pray. We're seeing great, great breakthrough. Praise the Lord. So we're going to get into the Word. I only have so much time. Uh, Acts chapter 2. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. If you could stand in honor of the Word. This is our, our custom here. As it is in Bristol Bay, we stand in honor of the word. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 1. All right, let's read together. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you, God, for your word, for it's a lamp unto our feet, a light upon our path. We ask for revelation tonight. God, that you would speak to us by your word. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come wreck us impact us tonight pour out your spirit oh lord in a mighty way transform us i pray god that you take a coal from your altar place it upon my lips Lord God, that i would preach with great freedom and liberty lord and it would touch the hearts of your people release an anointing tonight release your spirit upon us tonight and we thank you for all that you're going to do in jesus name amen you can go and be seated hallelujah we're going to talk about fire tonight Talk about fire. Now, fire has many properties. In uh, the natural fire, has many properties. Um, number one, uh, uh, in the, in the wake of fire, fire destroys. That's one of the characteristics that it has. Correct. Fire destroys. Uh, it also, uh, in the wake of destruction, it can prepare an environment for life. We've seen that when a fire goes and, and, and a wildfire goes through an area, what springs forth after that, there's an abundance of life, and things are able to grow stronger than they were before. Uh, so again, that's something we see in the natural that fire does. It also motivates, okay, fire motivates, you know, fires coming. in, it gets people moving, Right? Right? <laughs> And, and also in relation to combustion engines they, if you didn't know your car works off of fire there is a fire that happens that causes pistons to move and, and you're able to go and then fourthly it multiplies fire multiplies when fire touches something else it multiplies it grows it spreads uh, and uh, um, it changes the environment around it so I say that all to say, in the natural, there's all those characteristics of fire, but the same thing in the supernatural, when the fire of the Spirit of God comes, there is a similarity that happens that we see with fire in the natural, as when, when the fire of the Spirit of God comes. We see something uh, tremendous happen in Acts chapter 2, if you're not familiar with the text. Uh, in Acts chapter 2 the spirit of God falls as well, a 120 or in the upper room the spirit of God falls and tongues of fire come over each of them and they're never the same we see a marked change in the church we see a marked change in the individual lives of the people they're never the same after that something happened in that moment that caused a drastic and dramatic change within them so much so that the rest of their lives the rest of, uh, of the the uh, uh, nation and and the community were forever changed. And the echoes of that even reverberate into today. So what is it that happened? And I want to tell you tonight that it is the bapti- baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism of fire. The same thing that, that uh, Jesus said would come after He went, ascended into heaven. And so the fire of God. In Acts chapter 2. As I was... Uh, um, Dwelling upon this text, we see tongues of fire come upon uh, over the heads of the people that are there. And uh, God was speaking to me that it was a visible visible manifestation of what was happening on the inside of them. It was a visible manifestation of of an internal reality. So much so, at different times I've heard that still even today there's times where tongues of fire will come over. I just saw on Facebook, uh, James Gall put up a picture of, of uh, tongues of fire over people that are getting filled with the Spirit. But it was a visible manifestation of an internal reality that was happening to the people in that room. What was happening? The fire of God coming upon their life and transforming them on the inside. And so as we looked at fire in the natural... The same fire of God does, number one, it does destroy. What it does it destroys. It destroys the works of the enemy. It destroys the works of the devil. It destroys sin. It destroys the things of the enemy. You can see it throughout the Old Testament. You can see how uh, um, God would send fire. God would come in fire. God would move in fire. It was from a burning bush that God spoke to Moses. And it's by fire. The fire, uh, in, in scripture, we see God is, uh, um, spoken of as a consuming fire. And what does, what does that mean? Everything that's not of Him that's within our lives, everything that comes against Him within our lives as we open up, up to Him, He comes as a consuming fire and burns those things away. We also see in scripture Him talked about as a refining fire and what that looks like is in refining gold in refining silver and refining metals there's a process that happens that burns away impurities that burns away things that cause that gold or silver to be less than what it's intended to be to be less than perfect and that's what the refining fire of God does as he comes upon a believers life number one he destroys the the sin it destroys the hindrance he destroys the hindrance to what he God wants to do within the lives of people burns off imperfections the fire of God will come and burn off everything that's not of him and I have to use this a lot of the time and I said this when I was in Anchorage, I preached in Anchorage last night a lot of the time what God will do is when I'm uh, praying and asking for a message, is He'll give me the title, and then I have to find out what that actually means. <laughs> he'll tell me something, and I'm like, "What does that even mean?" So if you know, I'm praying about it, and God says to me that the devil's a firefighter, God, what is that even about? Now, i got to say this right off the bat, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not saying anything bad about firefighters. I love firefighters. If you're a fighter, fire, firefighter, thank you. Thank you for your service and all that you do. Praise the Lord, love our firefighters. Um, and in asking God, what are you talking about? Because that's what I say. He says, the devil's a firefighter. Okay, God, what are you even talking about? And then I've started looking in scripture how the devil relates to fire. Does this surprise you that the devil doesn't like fire? Somehow in our culture, due to media or different things, we've come up with the idea that he enjoys fire. We see, you know, in movies or different things, he's at home with fire. I don't think he likes fire. If he liked fire, I don't think hell would have a whole lot of fire in it. He doesn't like, he doesn't want to have anything to do with fire. He doesn't want to have anything to do with fire, and he's going to do whatever it takes to put fires out. So if you can track with me, the devil's a firefighter, and we're going to look at that a a little bit more as we get along. Uh, But the fire of God, it destroys things in our lives that are not of God. Now, it's very interesting that we can actually quench that fire within us. So, let me explain it. When we get saved, God comes into our lives, Jesus comes into our hearts, as our Lord and our Savior washes us clean. And then what happens is the Holy Spirit comes and begins to convict us of areas in our lives that are not right, things that go against God, things that are are, are um, harmful to us spiritually. Uh, he begins to convict us. And when we yield to that conviction, And say, God, I want you to come into that area and I want you to take that from me. His consuming fire, his refining fire, his fire of his spirit comes and begins to burn off those things within our lives. Now when you've got a wound that's bleeding profusely, one of the ways to stop that is by cauterizing, right? And so, uh, I, this is just things that God is speaking to me concerning fire. When His fire comes, He can cauterize those wounds that it might even seem like we were bleeding out emotionally. His fire can come and begin the healing process required. Now, I've got, we've got a, a, a man that's been coming to our church uh, for about three weeks now, and every service he can get to, he's there. And he's, uh, during worship, as soon as he gets in, he starts weeping under the power of God. Okay? And he's a Hawaiian guy. He's from the Big Island. He, he comes up to me this last Sunday night, and he says, You know, I don't know what it is, because every time I come in here, I can't no, control my emotions. Uh, Talk to Him. It's the Spirit of God. He's getting healed. He's getting transformed. The things that aren't right are being burned away in that moment. And He's getting healed in the process. He's gone through some terrible, terrible things. But when we get saved, God's uh, Spirit comes upon us, begins convicting us of those things. And His fire comes in, begins to burn those things off as we allow it. Now as I said, we can quench that fire. One of the ways you do that is when that conviction comes, you begin to ignore it. You begin to ignore the conviction, and if you ignore that conviction, that thing grows, and then the things that you were convicted of before—you know—it doesn't. Go, I don't hear that voice that much anymore. I, I, it's not affecting me like it used to, so it must not be that bad. Well, you're becoming numb to that conviction. You're quenching the fire of God from burning that thing from your life, from refining you. You know, God's intention is to make us complete and perfect. That's what the Bible says. To make us like Jesus. And so he begins to convict us of those things. And we can, we can, uh, um, uh, what's the word here? I got to look at my notes. We can violate our convictions. I call it feeding the beast. Violating your convictions is feeding the beast. And that thing grows and grows and grows until you're back in worse uh, trouble than you were when you first started So the fire of God comes upon your life, and have you ever tried to eat something on fire? Why? Because it's going to burn you, right? You just, we're just not going to do that. So the Bible says that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If you're on fire, you think He's going to try and devour you. If you're allowing the fire of God to burn within your life, then He's going to try and stay away from you. He doesn't like fire. He doesn't like fire. He's not going to try and devour you. Now, not to say that He's not going to try and get you into, to violate your convictions and get you into sin, because that will begin to put that fire out. My, My desire and what God's put upon my heart is that, at the end of this service, you have a, a desire to be filled with the Spirit of God and, and baptized in fire. It's not the same thing as getting saved. It's a separate thing. We get saved. We ask Jesus to come into our heart be our Lord and Savior. But what then needs to happen is we ask the Holy Spirit to come and baptize us and fill us. That's the, that's the baptism that, that, um, that Jesus spoke of. That's what we see happen to to, uh, the disciples. That's what we see happen to the 120 in the upper room. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. They get changed. They get transformed. So number one, it destroys the works of the enemy. Secondly, it prepares an environment for life. An environment perfectly suited for an abundance of new life to spring forth. That's what the fire of God does within our lives. As he burns away the things that are not of God, the things that are hindering us from a life with God, as he burns away those old habits, the sins, as he burns those things away, what's left then is good soil for there to be a great harvest and great fruit to spring from your life. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse uh, in verse 8, Jesus is uh, explaining the... Um, the parable that he says of the seed and the sower and he says still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred sixty or thirty times what was sown so in the aftermath of the fire of God coming and burning away those areas in your life that are not right what is left is a fertile good soil for great growth to then appear and I believe and and you see in scripture it says that those who uh, get saved and, and God does, begins to do a mighty work in them as they go back to the things they used to do and the sins they used to do. It says that it's seven times worse than it was before. And I think it's due to the fertile soil because if you got fertile soil, anything can grow. And you've got to be intentional about what you're sowing in it. So you get saved, you get filled with the Spirit of God, and, and God begins to work in your life. You turn back, you watch what's going to grow within your life. But if you go after God and you stay in a place like this that preaches the Word, that, that intentionally desires to sow good seed into your life, you... you Prepare the environment of your soul to receive that good seed. And you see what happens. You watch what happens. So that fire prepares an environment for abundant life. Thirdly, it motivates. Have you ever seen somebody really on fire for God? You can't get him to stop. I'm going to tell you what I love. I love brand new Christians that have never been in church, okay? That don't know what other people have told them what it should look like, but who've never been in church, okay? That one's free, but the next one you gotta pay attention. Um, I love it when to seeing uh, new believers come; they've never been in church and they get set on fire, and they begin to do dumb stuff, which is okay. They, I've seen people who come out of, you know, ter- I've seen people come out of terrible homes and and and, and have, have led horrible lives, and God comes and saves them, and then they go out and and they're cussing while they're telling people how to come to Jesus. I can deal with that. They're out there telling people about how to come to Jesus. I can. Deal- they're out there laying hands on the sick. It may not look all the way 100% correct. It may not sound right. But they're on, they're, they're walking there. I, 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 I would much rather have that than somebody that's been trained in the wrong way. It's that fire. I never, I, I never want to dissuade someone who's, who's newly come to the Lord and then God sets them on fire and they begin to run. They begin to move. They begin to, lives get transformed. But then there's a person I'm not going to look at any minute. There's a person that's been in church for 10 years that tells them, hey, you got to settle down. And they've never got anybody saved. Now, I'm not talking about anybody here, okay? I'm just, I'm making, uh, 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 I'm telling you an example. Praise the Lord. I want you to take a look at another scripture if you've got your Bible. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 8 and 9. Because something happens when the fire of God comes within a life. Not only does He burn away the things that are not of of Him within us, not only does He prepare our our, uh, um, souls for an abundant life, but He motivates us. That fire motivates us. Jeremiah 20, verse 8 and 9, one of my favorite sections of Scripture. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name his word is in my heart like a fire a fire shut up in my bones I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. This is what happens with a soul that's set on fire by the Spirit of God. You can't not say what He wants you to say. You can't not do what He wants you to do. Like a fire shut up in my bones, I have to speak the words that He's placed within my heart. Like a fire shut up within me, I have to go and I have to do. I can't not do the will of God. Now, I want to show you in the New Testament something very similar. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Verse 18. What has happened previous to this uh, section of scripture? Uh, Peter and John. On their way to a prayer meeting, there's a lame man who's been there lame for 40 years. I don't know why everybody thinks that he's lame. He might not be as cool as everybody else, but he's still okay with me. My brothers love that one. So he's lame. He can't walk. Okay, he can't walk. Forty years, he can't walk. All right. They come up to him. He's begging. He's begging. Peter says, "Hey, quit being lame." No. <clears throat> he asks for money. Peter says, "Silver and gold, I do not have. But what I have, from what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk." He's been lame for forty years. He gets healed in that moment, begins to leap and dance and praise the Lord and. The religious leaders see it and they, they grab a hold of those guys because they don't, they don't want anything like that. Those guys got too much fire. But Acts chapter 4 verse 18. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him you be the judge as for us we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard it's exactly what Jeremiah was saying I can't not say it I cannot I cannot testify I cannot go pray for the sick I cannot't not go pray for the dead person because I know that if I got the spirit of God within me anything is possible then I can not there's a fire within me that that that, that does not permit me to stop and you know what's amazing this is the same guy that denied knowing jesus three times what happened to that guy he denied knowing jesus three times but now he can stand with authority preach the gospel now he can lay hands on the sick and see them recover and stand in the face of opposition and persecution and say, I can't stop. You can do whatever you want, but who, how am I going to listen to you? I'm going to listen to God. I can't stop. What happened? It's the fire of God. It's Acts chapter 2. The same guy that denied Jesus, again, was transformed comes out of the upper room, preaches till 3,000 people get saved. What happens? What happens is it's the power of the Spirit of God. It's what happened to me. It's the same testimony that I have, I would say. Yeah. Uh, if you understood where I, I can't... I'm not going to go into it. A lot of you probably know my testimony, but... You know, growing up in a very small village uh, in Alaska, not having really any social skills, going from a high school of three people to 1,500 people. I didn't know how to go talk to somebody. I couldn't just go and sit by somebody. You know, a lot of the time uh, I would eat my lunch in the bathroom stall by myself because I couldn't just sit next to somebody or near somebody and introduce myself. I, I couldn't do it. And I told that testimony to Prophet John Harkey. And before I said anything else, he said, It's a miracle that you're a preacher. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Well, I'm going to get up in front of people and, and, and talk and, and do anything. It's a miracle. I, I don't know if you get it, but it's a miracle for me. And I'm going to tell you, I went from many different churches. I, I, I started in a very conservative uh, Baptist church. You, know, you raised your hands, they came to ask you if everything was okay, if you needed assistance, right? You didn't do that. You, you, you didn't raise your hands. Any of those things. And I, I, and I went to different churches. I've been to many of the ch- churches here um, in the valley over the years and things. And I'm not saying anything bad about them. But for me, what changed my life was the Spirit of God. It, it, was, it wasn't a conference. It wasn't a guest speaker. It wasn't uh, another seminar. It wasn't going to another church. It was actually coming to. Well, it partially it was going to another church because I ended up in a church that preached on the power of God that preaches on the baptism of the whole Holy Spirit, and that they would have the audacity to give an altar call and say, if you want the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, if you want that power and authority, I want you to come. In that moment, that's what changed my life. That's what gave me the power not to uh, give into temptation. It, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it wasn't instantaneous that uh, I, I went cold turkey for a lot of things, but it, I never had power like that before. I, I, I could go to church to church to church and I was a leader in different youth groups and different things and I could talk the talk. I could walk the walk when p- other people were looking. But outside of that, I didn't have the power to live right. I didn't have the power to overcome sin. But then in a moment, in an altar call like we're going to have later, I responded. I didn't fully even understand what it was about, the fire of God. What is that? Well, how, Why would I need that? But then it came. But then he came. The Holy Spirit came within my life and transformed me. And the, like we see Peter here, I, I was never the same. I couldn't go back to the things that I used to do. There was something that happened within my life. So it motivates us. The fire of God motivates us. <laughs> You know, I was thinking about this, and I started wondering if demons do fire drills just in case a believer shows up. You know, the demons that are in Walmart, hey, hey, they got, they got alarms going off. Someone from KC's here, hey, we got to do your drills. They do their fire drills. Because they don't want to mess with the fire of the Spirit of God. Something that I had to learn, and he's still teaching me. It's not about... It's not about anything necessarily special about me that I can go lay hands on the sick and they can be healed. I used to struggle with that. I had some kind of anxiety, stress. You know, how, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What if they don't get healed? It's not about me. It, it, it's, it's... You know, I, I used to think, you know, it, it, it's not that I'm special, but... I am special. Did you know that? Yes. But you're special. How, how can I be special and you special? It's by God. It's a, it, I, I want to move on, but I think somebody needs to hear it. Um, if you've got multiple kids, you begin to understand that you can love them differently. When I had, when we just had our our daughter, Esli. And we were pregnant, Heidi was pregnant with our coming son, Judah. I would wonder, and I would lay awake at night, and I would pray, God, how am I going to love this boy like I love my daughter? Because I never experienced loving someone as much as I loved my daughter. And I couldn't comprehend loving someone the same way. But then I had Judah. And I found out that I could love him Just as much because he's my favorite. And Esley's my favorite. And Jonathan's my favorite. Janessa's my favorite. And they're all special. There's no way I could ever love one more than the other because they're so amazingly different. And God, God began to speak to me and that's the same way he loves us. Because I'm his favorite. And I'm special. And he loves me. But you're his favorite. And you're special. And he loves you. And he, can't love, he doesn't love me the way he loves you, but then, then, then he does. We can't fully comprehend the way that he really loves us. Now back to the message. And so out of that deep love for us, that he, I'm special, you're special. I'm his favorite, you're his favorite. His desire then is for us to walk in righteousness. His desire then is for us to be complete, to be whole, to have an abundant life. And when we allow the fire of His Spirit to come within our lives and transform us, begin to change us, we then have the power to walk into a place and see miracles, see signs and wonders, not because anything that I could do, but because of His power that's within me. And so when you walk into a place... As the Spirit of God's within you, as you walk into a place, then the Spirit of God has entered that room. When you walk into a room, the Kingdom of God has entered that room and anything is possible in that moment. The impossible then becomes possible. The actual laws of physics then have to bow its knee to the reality of whatever God says. Do you understand that? That God's word is the reality and everything else has to bow its knee. The laws of physics, gravity, all of these different things. Death itself has to bow its knee to the word of God. And so then, we are then allowed to have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead come to dwell in our lives that same fire that we see in Peter that we see in Paul that we see in Jeremiah that we see in all these ones where we have that same power within us we have a responsibility then to go and walk it out That's the fourth thing, it multiplies. The fire multiplies, that means that I can go into another person's life and see fire spread from me into them. I can go into a place and see a wildfire kindled by the Spirit of the Lord. Not because of what I did, not because of any strengths that I have, but because of the Spirit of God. Because His characteristic, the characteristic of the Spirit of God, is to multiply so if I've got the Spirit of God within my life, I can walk into a place and see others filled, see others changed, see that fire then jump to another person. I don't know if you've ever seen a video or seen uh, in real life, but uh, fires can, they call it jumping. Jumping a, a, um, you know, a fire line, thank you. They, they'll, they'll, they'll dig a ditch, they'll, they'll make a line, they'll put water there, and the fire will jump across that to set things ablaze. It will overcome the hindrance between, them. And that's what the Spirit of God allows us to do, whatever hindrance may be. And a lot of the times, it's our own insecurities, it's our own fears, it's our own issues that hinder the Spirit of God from moving. So how do we, how do we move in the Spirit of God, in the fire of God? I want to go back to the statement I made that the devil's a firefighter. The reason I say that is that he wants to do everything that he can to keep you from being on fire for God. To keep you from being filled with the fire of God. Because when you get filled with the Spirit of God, when you get the fire of God on your life, you become dangerous. You become very dangerous to everything he is and everything that he does. You become very dangerous. Because a characteristic of, a, of fire is that when it's in a place, it makes a difference. It changes the environment. It's ne- that place is never the same because of that fire. And that's what happens when the fire of God's in our lives. And so the devil uses a number of things to keep us from being on fire. Number one, he uses sin. He'll allow sin to come within. I mean, he'll 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 tempt us into sin to keep us from walking in the fire of God. Now, let me give you an example. If you look in the, in the Old Testament. Um, and I believe Pastor Daniel preached on this about a month ago. He was talking to me about it. The <clears throat> enemy of the children of Israel, the army... Was desiring to come against them. And what they wanted to do was put a curse on them. Because they 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 understood curses and blessings greater than, than we do really now. And they desired to put a curse on the children of Israel. So they got this prophet guy and said, I want you to curse the children of Israel. And he tried a number of times and he said, I can't. Every time I open my mouth, blessings come out. And that's what happens as a child of God, even today. So, But what was the tactic that, that they used? The prophet then, he wanted the money that the king was offering. So he went and said, listen, this is what you do. I want you to go, you take some women from, from your people and send them over there. And get the children of Israel to sleep with them. Because then, by their own action, the curse will come upon them. And you'll be able to overtake them. He does an end run. So what can happen is that if we don't yield every area of our lives to the fire of God, the devil's going to come in whatever doorway that we've allowed to put out the fires in the areas that's on fire. If we don't, have, if we don't allow God to, to move in every single area of our life, have fire in every area of our life, then we're susceptible to the attack of the enemy. I don't want to say on that note, you put boundaries up. If you know you're of a, a propensity or a weakness in an area, you put boundaries up. You put boundaries up. You put walls up. You, you, you keep yourself as far from that thing as you can. And I know people, and I've thought this thought when I was younger. Well, this person doesn't have to do that. I don't see why I have to guard myself as much as that person does. Well, that person might not have the propensity that you do for that specific thing. They might not be weak in that area like you're weak in that area. And so you, you don't pay attention to anybody else. You, you put that boundary up. You don't allow that sin within your life. Listen, you become powerful when you begin to walk in the fire of the Spirit of God. You're very powerful. And all the devil, want, I love it, it says the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. The Bible says that, but it's only by our actions that actually allow him to come and, and, and be the devourer in our life. It's by our own choice. In his own power, we've got the spirit of the fire upon our lives. He and he does not have the authority to do it. Doesn't want to get his mouth burned, praise the Lord. So he uses sin. He'll use comfortability and complacency. You know, a lot of the time, I don't want to say a lot of the time, but there are many times where I don't necessarily feel comfortable doing what God's called me to do. I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. I don't know if anybody witnessed this a number of years ago. I was right, right, let me see. Right here. Right here. I was going to pray for somebody. And God wanted me to, to do something. Listen, if you know me, I, I don't like to um, make a fuss. Okay, I don't like to be conspicuous and uh, he says this is what I want you to do I want you to pretend like you've got a defibrillator I want you to do the whole thing and I want you to let you yell clear and I want you to do it three times Lord do you know that I love you I, don't, I really don't want to do it but I ended up doing it right so I'm here I do the whole thing clear three times and I'm going to tell you something I didn't see anything visible happen to that guy he thought that was weird but I'm going to tell you what I did see (laughs) I saw a change in my relationship with the Lord yeah because he could trust me to do something like that See, if you want to do something crazy for God, you've got to be willing to do something crazy for God. I think sometimes we can pray that. Oh God, I want you to use me in a profound way. God, do whatever you want to do. Well, a lot of the time, whatever He wants to do is a lot more uncomfortable than we want to get. I love one of my favorite sections of Scripture. God's talking to Moses from the burning bush. Moses, I'm going to use you. I'm gonna. We're going to see our whole nation come out of bondage in Egypt. I'm going to use you. But God, I don't speak very well. But God this, but God that. You start praying, God, I want you to use me. And then he brings it about, I'm going to use you to do this. Now what I love is that even because of Moses' insecurities and how he, the little he thought of his own self, he still went. Why? Because, again, this isn't in my notes, but this will help you. Let me back up and say, he says to God, Okay, I'm going to go, but who do I tell them sent me? God says, tell them I am that I am has sent you. Tell them I am has sent you. And we see Jesus say the same thing, and the, uh, the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they want to stone him because they understood what he was saying. He was saying he was God, he is. So back to, to, to uh, comfortability. It's not comfortable to go and pray for people. It's not comfortable to go and witness to people. I'm sure Pastor Daniel has said this, your flesh does not desire to get up for morning prayer. Your flesh does not desire to just get up and pray. Your flesh does not desire to go and witness. These powerful, powerful, life-changing things, our flesh doesn't want to do it. I don't think you'll get to the point, I haven't, to the point where my flesh wants to do it. But I understand the power that comes from it. As I spend time in the Lord, He pushes me to do it. But it's not it's not uh, it's not comfortable. The devil will use fear and insecurity. If you've got a fire that's inside of you that it's so strong that when you get around another person and lay hands on them, pray for them, witness to them, they get impacted. The devil wants to keep you from doing that. He's going to use fear. Fear of man. He's going to use insecurity. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. Well, I generally don't either. And I love, I just go back to Moses all the time. okay? Because he had so many issues. He had so many problems. And it, he says... God, I don't, you send me, but I don't know what to say. He says, God says to him, I'll give you the words to say. And that's what he does. Every time I get the opportunity to preach, wherever it is, it's never gotten comfortable for me. It's never gotten easy for me. I'm nervous every single time. Because I have a reverence for it. I, 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 don't, I only want to say what he wants to say. I don't want to just put some message together that is nice and everybody claps and we have a good time. <laughs> but my desire is that I say something that what's, what's upon his heart that he wants to impart into your heart. I, I don't want to just say something. And so if you have that desire, you're just going to, I'm just, I don't know if I have enough, I don't know if I am enough. But He's telling me to do it, I'm just going to go and do it. As you're faithful and that His presence comes. And He becomes the more than enough where you fall short. He becomes the more than enough. He is the more than enough. Now I don't know about you. But I need the Spirit of God. I need the fire. I need His fire. I need it. It's it's not at a want level anymore. I need it. I need it. Every day it's more and more, I need it. God, I need His Spirit. God, I need Your Spirit to come. I need it. You need it. If you're going to live in righteousness, if you're going to live in holiness, if you're going to see sin broken off of your life, if you've got some habitual sin that you can't seem to get out of, I'm going to tell you what you need. You need the fire of the Spirit of God to come in your life to break those bondages, to break those chains, to break those things, to, to burn away everything that's not of God, so that what remains is fertile soil for an abundant life to grow out of, the life that God has intended for you, the reason that Jesus died upon the cross, not only so that you can be saved, but you can live an abundant life and be effective for God. That's His desire to use us. To transform us. To fill us with His Spirit. So that our lives are changed. And then all of a sudden every life around us begins to change. The people at work begin to change. Our family begins to change. Something happens. When we get filled with the Spirit of God. That's what I want to leave you with tonight. Now we're going to take time in just a minute. and I want to pray for those who want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to make sure that you know you need it. You need it, you need it. I can say that because I need it so badly even uh, I'm not going to say even, but I, I every single day, before I, I get into the pulpit, before I do anything, I pray God that this is pretty much what I pray God, I need you to come. It pretty much boils down to I need you because what I've got isn't enough for what needs to be accomplished i don't have what needs to to be provided i, I was going to close by one more example real quickly that, that that applies to that one of my favorite things uh that i've been preaching on the last couple of years that's just uh, again and again and again come up when jesus fed the five thousand with the loaves and the fishes Something that impacted me beyond anything else in that. Not just just that he provided, but he took what wasn't enough for all these people. This little boy's lunch. He took what wasn't going to provide and he knelt down and he thanked God for it. How are you going to thank God for what's not enough? How are we going to thank God that you're in a position to do something for Him, but you're not enough? He begins to thank God for what wasn't enough, and it becomes more than enough. Twelve baskets more than what was needed. They had enough, and there was even more upon that. He thanked God for what wasn't enough. You begin to thank God for what isn't enough. You begin to thank God when you don't feel like you're enough. You trust in Him. You begin to thank God. I've been saying it this way. If you're following after Jesus and there's a wall in front of you, you keep following Him because you're going to have to fit through that Jesus-shaped hole in the wall. That's what it takes to follow after God. You need His Spirit within you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm I'm, going to turn it back over to Pastor Karen. Praise the Lord.
0: That's a good word, Minister Tim. That is a good word. And we're going to have him come back, and anybody that wants prayer, wants hands laid on him, uh, we're going to pray for you. But right now we're just going to take a moment. um, Ushers, you can go ahead. If you want to sow uh, seed into the fertile soil of Bristol Bay, you may never make it down there on those little tiny airplanes that... (laughs) (laughs) they use to fly people over there. Uh, But you can send seed, and you get a harvest of what God's doing in that place. And so I want to encourage you tonight to give. uh, John, I need an envelope also, please. So just go ahead and take a moment to do that. Do we have any musicians in the house this evening? Chanel? As we prepare our gifts. Let's just pray. Uh, You can finish writing, but those of you who are done, just extend your hands towards Minister Tim. Father, we thank you so much for the great things that you're doing in Bristol Bay. We thank you for Minister Tim and Heidi and their children. Thank you for Teresa, his mom that's down there. Lord, we thank you for all the beautiful people, oh God in that region and lord we are asking for a great harvest of souls to come forth from that area lord that your word would run swiftly lord that you would draw the hearts of men women and children to yourself oh god lord you would continue to give minister tim and heidi the gift of faith and leadership wisdom discernment your plan your direction, your strategy, God, for that region. Lord, do all that you want to do through this family, through our church down there. Oh, God, we thank you for your provision, that you provide everything that they have need of according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Bless, 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 continue to bless the work of their hands down there, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Go ahead, ushers. And I'm just going to hand the mic back to Minister Tim. And uh, praise the Lord.
1: Hallelujah. Before I uh, pray for people who want to be filled with the Spirit or maybe you need a refreshing, I want to take time to give an opportunity for salvation. And uh, if you could just stand up on your feet just for a moment. Really, before you can get filled with the Spirit of God, you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord, be your Savior. If I could just have heads bowed, eyes closed, just for a moment. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart tonight, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart before, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. Secondly, maybe you've asked him into your heart before, but you've back, backslidden, you've, you've fallen away, whatever you want to call it, you're away from God and you know it. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. It's between you and God. Come on, it's time to get right with God. If you feel him convicting you, I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Praise. See those hands. See those hands. Anybody else? All right, you can put your hands down. I want you to look at me. I'm going to pray a prayer. I want you to repeat after me. Whether this is your first time or you're making a recommitment, I want you to repeat after me. If you didn't raise your hand, I want you to just repeat it. Everybody, just repeat after me. And I want you to say, Dear Jesus, Thank you for dying for my sins and rising again from the grave. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for those who have chosen you tonight. I thank you that your word says that the angels are rejoicing in heaven, God, because of their choice. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill them. Each one in this place will be filled by your Spirit, God. You give them a passion and a burden for your Word and for the things of you. Holy Spirit, come upon them in power with your fire, O oh Lord. I thank you, God. Begin to work in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to give you an opportunity tonight. If you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to come right up to the front. I want to pray for you. Maybe you have and you want a refreshing. You need a refreshing tonight. I want to invite you to come. Just begin to come. Maybe you need healing. Whatever it is that you need. Maybe you need a miracle. Come on, we're going to agree. The Spirit of God is here. So again, if you want to be filled for the first time or you need a refreshing or you need healing, you need a breakthrough, I want you to come as we continue to worship. Hallelujah.
0: We're going to continue to pray for folks up here. And you can feel free to seek the Lord in here. But if you could just stand up and take hands. I'm going to just close the service. And since there's people that are still getting prayer, if you could um, be considerate and, and speak in the hallways and have conversations out there so that these folks can still get prayer, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Lord, I thank you so much for your word that's gone forth tonight with power like a fire and lord i'm asking tonight god that you would bless your people god cause your face to shine upon them lift up your countenance towards them be gracious to them keep them and give them peace in jesus mighty name amen amen good night god bless you if you need prayer you can come on up hallelujah